We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome to Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Today, I'm joined by Mavs Moneyball staffer and, uh, as of late, very prolific writer, Luke Askew. Luke, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm not bad. So, guys, just for full disclosure, I am recording this in my backyard. There may be strange sounds in the background. I've been Luke and I have been trying to connect since Thursday night, but real life kept getting in the way. Uh, so I am sitting out back with my two dogs who are currently bathing in the sun and my six-year-old child who is inside entertaining himself. And all of those things could change at any moment, uh, but that's okay. So if there's some weird audio snafus or if I'm, we're all of a sudden joined by a six-year-old for the, the podcast, uh, that is why. Um, I want to start off with a, a little bit of a uh, recap of, of what we witnessed on draft night. I held a uh, green room kind of right after the draft ended and most people really wanted to focus on sort of the Jalen Brunson of it all with the Knicks. We briefly talked about Hardy, but like nobody in the room knew anything about Hardy. So we didn't like nobody, nobody wanted to say anything. So, so why don't you sort of walk, like, let's recap what happened real quick. I'll let you take the floor. All right. You want to start with, with the Jaden Hardy thing or Christian Wood? Let's do Wood first, just to remind everybody, since that was a draft night deal. Yeah. So, so the Christian Wood trade, I mean, we heard about it a few days before the draft, but technically it didn't, you know, go into or it didn't become official until draft night. But um, basically, we swapped our 26th pick for Christian Wood. I mean, we lost the the emotional support of Boban, but we didn't lose anything else on the court. Um, all end of the bench, guys. So basically mm-hmm. it was Christian Wood 26th pick. Um Pretty good trade, I think, Um, you know, getting anyone who can be a starter with basically, I mean, it's basically like we drafted Christian Wood, but into the salary and into his current age that he is right now. So it's a a bit of a moonshot, but it's one that I feel oddly, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish about it up until I'm not, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm like. I kind of feel like it's lower risk, lower reward. I think a lot of people feel like it's high risk, high reward. I kind of think like he's a starting center, should be good with Luca. 
it might not work out. If it doesn't, he's on an expiring whatever. Yeah. I mean, the defense is the only thing that I think really worries people. And it's going to be real simple. He's either going to play defense or he's not going to play. Like, yeah. like, kid, like kid will mess around with that sort of stuff for about 20 games. But if he doesn't show a willingness to try, like that's what it's going to be because in, and with the Rockets, there was a lot of like just flat out giving up, but again, it's the Rockets. So it's like, how much do you take that? But offensively, Ooh, buddy, I am, I am looking forward to that because he seems to be kind of, you know, he's not comparable to Dwight because he has a lot more to his offensive Mm -hmm. game, but he seems to fill in all the holes of stuff that we wish Dwight would do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, no, I think, yeah, you're right. And I think the, you know, on the defensive side of things, like if he doesn't, like you said, kid will give him 20 something games. And if he doesn't show a willingness to defend, they'll trade him. Uh, I mean, he's on an expiring deal and he's talented. He won't be hard to trade. Um, So I, I, I'm not worried about him bringing any defensive deficiencies into the playoffs, if that makes sense, because you got, you got 82 games to figure that out. Right, right. And offensively, like you said, he brings pretty much everything we've always wanted Dwight Powell to be. Um, he's an actual threat from three, like Dwight <laughs> will make one every once in a while. But like, you don't have to guard Dwight Powell and you have to guard Christian Wood. And he's also just longer and more athletic. He's just a better player. It's just uh, it's just an upgrade. Okay, so we, we feel pretty good on that one, all things considered. We were very excited about it last week, but I think we've all had a week to process. And I think that people are kind of incorrectly judging the Mavericks draft night by not factoring that in just because we knew a week in advance. But then something else interesting happened. Um, in the second round, they traded in to pick number 37, which was owned by the Sacramento Kings, and they selected... Uh, a guy that I remember hearing about, but only a name recognition at new. I've known absolutely nothing other than what I've consumed since the day of the draft. Jaden Hardy, who played for G league ignite this past season. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So, so go, what do you got? What, let, let's, let's just kind of dive in so far as we can on Hardy, because for just for everybody's background, Luke is the guy on our staff. I don't want to don't want to misspeak here and say you are are an expert, but you are easily our biggest prospect enthusiast. I think is <laughs> it, yeah, you're the one that like that really gets excited about younger players, right? Is that fair? Yeah, and part of it is just because I'm excited about college basketball. So I will say my my like G League knowledge is not to sure, the extent who's... that my college basketball scouting is because part of why I get excited about the draft isn't only because I'm excited about what their NBA future is going to be like. I'm excited to see people finish up what their college career was. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you're right. And I still, I do love the draft in general. So I do try to dig in with G League prospects as well. But um, I think, so the Jaden Hardy deal, I think the 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 biggest thing to kind of start with is that if like you said, people were kind of underrating the Christian Wood trade as a draft night trade, if that trade happened on draft night, I don't think the Mavs would have made another move to get in at pick 37 and get Jay Hardy. Yeah, I think that would have been just the move of the night. So I actually think the Christian Wood trade needs to be respected on the same level as a draft night trade was in terms of enthusiasm from fans because i actually think it opened the door for another trade i think making two big ish i mean getting into the 37th pick isn't big but it's 
it's not nothing and it's not sure. something it's not something we see a lot um so it's i think the christian wood trade happening days before is what really opened that up but um to dive into Jaden hardy he's I mean, he's probably as talented of a 37th pick as there's ever been in the NBA draft. I mean, he was the number two prospect out of high school on ESPN's 100, um, only behind Chet, I think, was the number one. So he was ahead of Paolo, ahead of Jabari. Now, obviously, that's not to say that he's ahead of Chet or Paolo and Jabari right now because things transpired over the past year um, like a not very good G League season. So it really just gets into how much you want to read into a good G League season versus a bad G League season and what that all means. But the talent is there. So it's interesting. I had a couple of text conversations with a pair of writers that you love and that I really enjoy hearing about in J. Kyle Mann and Jonathan Sharks of the Ringer. Now, both of them said up front, you would have to kind of ask the high school guys more because they kind of do what you do, which is watch a lot of college and watch a lot of basketball that's easily accessible. Um, Mm -hmm. G League games are, you got to kind of seek them out. And Mm -hmm. Hardy had a very inefficient season. He looked very out of sorts. And I asked, how is a guy that's second in the nation that falls all the way to, to 37 and one of the answers, and I don't remember who said what, it doesn't really matter, but one get, one potential guess was that Hardy was one of these guys that was very developed early in terms of his physical maturity. Uh, so, you know, we're thinking like 15, 16, he's just bigger and stronger than a lot of his peers. And then by the time he's 18, 19, a lot of these guys have caught up. And, you know, I didn't understand where it's like, how is a number two guy, high school guy in the nation, a not it's like the knocks on him have been, well, he's not super athletic and he's not a playmaker. So it's like if you're not athletic and you're not a playmaker, then what are you doing to get a number two ranking? <laughs> um, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm down on the guy. I'm just like I'm genuinely curious. And what it says to me is that high school ratings are bullshit, number one. But then number two, it just like the answer seems to be is he's a bit of a volume scorer. He is confident as all get out like that's probably Mm -hmm. the thing that i over the last couple of days i've I've most been able to discern now whether that confidence is earned is not something i'm really willing to comment on yet but he's gonna come in ready to prove himself at the very Mm -hmm. at the very least which you know he's a clutch guy first clutch guy the mavericks have had maybe since clutch was formed because nerland's noel didn't go with clutch until after he had already kind of decided he wasn't staying with the mavericks it's it's very it's a very curious thing. I, I don't really know what to make of him. I think I, I think you're you're right um, in the sense that high school rankings are by and large bullshit, because if you look back at the top or the I mean, if you look back at the last 10 years of ESPN top 100 recruits and just look at the top 10, there's usually three to four guys just in the top 10 that you're kind of like, wow, those guys didn't even like turn into anything. There was a guy that Clippers got that was, that was kind of like this. I can't remember the guy's name. He's with the Boston. Yes. Who is like, like he seems like, and and I'm wondering, and I granted, I don't know enough about BJ Boston either, but I'm wondering if there's like any similarities or hope there because Boston seems like a guy who could be a steal if he continues to develop in the next two to three years, because that's, that's really kind of the main thing I'm, I, I would do if I was really invested in this pick as a player, like 
Hardy is is not ready yet. No. No. And okay. and and no, he's he's not ready yet. Um and I think, you know, BJ Boston is actually is a pretty good um comparison in terms of um the their career trajectories thus far, not not play style, but BJ Boston I think was fifth maybe um on the for his class. Yes, he was Went really high. Up. That's why I remember the yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, went to Kentucky, had a pretty rough year at Kentucky. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, his three-point shooting percentage was really bad, um, but it but his shot looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of similar to how Jaden Hardy is right now. His three-point percentage in the G League was horrible, um, but his shot looks, it doesn't, it's not, pure i mean it's not steph curry clay thompson type shooting form but it's not it's not broken by any means it's a mm-hmm. it's a clean jumper yeah. um i've seen some videos and, too it looks fine yeah it's fine and it's um i think i have a hard time scouting g league prospects because it's it's how much how much is each prospect putting into winning at that stage like you know jaden hardy went to the g league as a gap year in between mm-hmm. high school and the NBA. It's kind of the, it's sort of the LaMelo playing in New Zealand thing where LaMelo's New Zealand numbers were all God awful. And he jacked up horrible threes. And it was really like one of the, one of the like weirder prospects to evaluate because he had nothing to back up his game other than some flashes. Mm-hmm. and. That's kind of how I look at Jaden Hardy too, not saying that he's on the level of LaMelo, but the guys that and I'm not I'm not trying to cape for college over going to the G League, like do whatever works for you. No, but it's but- a, it's a comparison point where it's like these guys who go to college, if you go to college and you perform poorly, it's really bad for you. They're like the, the who's the guy um is it Ivy? Who who who's the guy that basically went to Kentucky, didn't play all year and then was still drafted top 10? Uh, Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp, where it's just like, like Sharp is like this element of mystery, whereas Hardy, you know, Hardy like did not play well. Like it's just, it's, it's okay to say that out loud. But mm-hmm. one of the things that, that I found, uh, another thing that, that Shark or man told me was that the thing you got to remember, and they, they said this on their Upside High podcast, which is like the G League is cutthroat, where you're dealing with guys that are 20, you know, 22 to 28 who are still trying to make the league. So they mm-hmm. know how to be pros and they're playing their asses off versus the some of the ignite guys, which were probably in for a bit of a culture shock relative to what they they had expected. Because you know, you you go the the we're in kind of a wild west period because there's this overtime elite, which is all high school guys playing other high school guys. Then you have um some of these G League teams which have high school guys on them playing against men. And I think we're going to see a lot of variance in what certain super potential superstar guys paths take because it's, mm-hmm. it's really weird because like this evident, like, like Hardy, like I, I think the, the solution or um the, the take that I've kind of formed is that Hardy probably wasn't a lottery pick. Hardy also probably shouldn't have dropped to 37. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's what Nico said pretty much too, is he had him, I think they had him 19th on their draft board. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, because when when you go to 
college, there's an institution that wants to win. So yeah. you have to set some personal goals aside. Like Duke basketball needs to be a winning team regardless of who's on it. Whereas G League Ignite is more of a, I mean, they have a thing called the G League Showcase. It's a showcase. It's where you can go showcase your talent. But I don't know how many people actually care up and down whether the G League Ignite team is coming out on top or not of these games i don't know how many fans are going to their games walking away bummed that the g league ignite lost i think they're looking at the individual numbers and the prospects on the team so it's understandable why a guy like hardy would go out and have a ton of shooting nights where he was like six for 21 seven for 23 because he's really trying it's really a a draft an nba draft audition yep. and you have to it's kind of like the combine games almost where like you have to be a little a little selfish in some ways and show what you can do and that's why it's hard to evaluate because the good the positives of how he played in the g league are he didn't his athleticism doesn't jump off the screen but he also didn't he wasn't a step slow or anything like that he like you said, he's playing against 22 to 28 year old guys who are all fighting to be in the league. And he belonged. He, he belonged physically. He's six, four. I think he had a six, nine or six, 10 wingspan, big wingspan. Um, that's, that's probably the most yeah. appealing trait to me. I love plus wingspan guys after watching some, you know, it's like my favorite Spencer Dinwiddie trait um, is the fact mm-hmm. that his arms are so long that dudes can't block his shot because of, he just kind of hangs in the air. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm hoping his, so Hardy's finishing numbers were abominable. Like (laughs) there's, there's a whole YouTube clip of just all the layups that he missed. Um, and that obviously contributed to a lot of the offensive inefficiencies. Um, but I think with his wingspan, I don't know, I don't know if there's any actual proof that backs up that like wingspan helps with your layup package, but I think it should in the sense that his hands are always going to be a little closer to the rim and like he, his arms can extend longer. And I think finishing, he's not a natural finisher around the rim, but I think that's something that he can work on. And even just the focus of being in an NBA gym all the time and playing in NBA games, a lot of the layups he missed were like open layups that you or I would think we could make. So So I'm going to have an adventure at summer league is what you're telling me. I'm going And seeing this up close, I just everyone should just look forward to my overreactions. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> he's Jaden Hardy's gonna be one of the more interesting guys at Summer League because he's gonna be he's gonna be pissed off. There's no way he thinks he should have gotten 37th. Um yeah. like you mentioned earlier, he's a very confident kid. Um the Mavs also don't have any other like fun summer league guys yet. Um, or any other high draft picks that'll be lobbying to have the ball in their hands. So the ball is going to be in his hands the entire time. There will be no shortage of Jaden Hardy summer league film. And he's going to be going up against guys now that were drafted before him. And it'll be interesting to see how he stacks up in that sense. Not that summer league is by any means a reflective experience on actual NBA basketball. Summer, summer league is a thing where if you're bad and it's your first year, it doesn't matter. If you're bad and it's your second or third year, it absolutely matters. If you're yeah. good and it's your first year, 
it also doesn't matter, <laughs> but it can really set some fun expectations. Like uh, 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 Dalton Trigg told me that Hardy is currently 15th in rookie of the year betting. And I was just like, dude, why, <laughs> like, why is he even on the board? <laughs> he, and that's, that's the thing where like, does Hardy have the talent to be the 15th, you know, like highest profiled rookie? Yeah, but he's not going to get those minutes. He's, he's not going to get enough minutes to earn anything close to a rookie of the year. I mean, the Mavs are still fighting for a championship. They're not going to, I don't think kids are going to be giving Hardy 25, 30 minutes a game to go mess around and see what he can do. But a guy um, in terms of summer league experience, I mean, like Bones Highland was like this last year. He didn't, I mean, he didn't have the high school pedigree and he didn't fall as far oh, as Jaden Hardy did. You knew, but we you knew. Car, it was 110 degrees. I remember you telling me, was, you're like, Bones Highland is the dude. And Bones Highland ended up being, I want to say, second team all NBA and mattered to a Denver playoff team. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think I was sitting with, I think I was sitting with Charks actually for um, one of those games. And I think it was a Bones game. And we were, um, just happened to be sitting in a section where there was, there were a lot of Nuggets fans, a lot of Bones, a lot of Bones family and friends were there. And the whole time I was there, the only time I ever saw Jim in Vegas get more excited than when Bones Highland was playing was when LeBron walked in the main floor just to watch the Lakers that the crowd got hyped for that. But Bones had a summer league crowd like going crazy he had people yep. on their feet he was like he was showing out he was he and you knew then that's where summer league is fun and that's where it matters is yep. you knew right away then okay bones is going to be a guy that matters in the league in some way shape or form he's not going to fizzle out that's in the podcast archive guys you can go find this because i remember luke and i having this conversation last oh. summer well so so that's kind of the 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 hearty of it all is I think my expectations for summer league are in an interesting spot. I think my expectations for him as a NBA rookie are if he sees the floor at all, that's going to be interesting because otherwise I bet he spends a lot of time with the legends running point mm-hmm. and running sets is is kind of but kind of my thought. Yeah, I mean he's he's he definitely will spend more time in the G League. I think he'll get some run um on the, the actual Dallas Mavericks but he's not I, I mean I'm ready for a lot of like a lot of conversations in this next upcoming season about how like oh we got excited about the Jaden Hardy pick and he's averaging like two minutes a game I'm not worried about it yet we'll see what happens with Jaden Hardy in three years and even then I'm not worried about it because it doesn't cost anything to get the 37th pick in the draft I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't like, I, I agree. Like Kelly Kaplan tweeted something to the effect of like a 20, I think it's a what 2020, 2024 and 2026 maybe, or 2028. I think it's 2028. Yep. Which is just like, at that point, you're kind of whatever. I mean, we're not, I don't want to dip too much into this because I'm sure we'll be talking about this a ton over the next several weeks, but the, the, you know, a lot of fans are like looking at, you shouldn't care about this pick right now while Luke is on the team is, is all we really have to say. Like it it didn't cost them enough. And that, you know, if they they can always do, you know, one of the things I didn't really love that Nico said was we're not moving any of our guys for picks. Uh, I don't think like I being that married to your, to your roster, I don't think is smart, but that's kind of a discussion for, for down the road. So, you know, I wanted to give you a chance because you wrote almost, you wrote all of our uh, uh, draft profiles because Jordan and Ian uh, mainly didn't want to commit to doing the work. 
Tease, love you guys. Uh, but who were some some of the guys that were, let's just say, like 20 to 40 range that you were really high on that you maybe wish the Mavericks could have found a way to draft given an alternate uh, timeline? Yeah, so Christian Brown from Kansas is um, – he was my favorite Mavs prospects before the draft. He's still the guy um, that I wanted them to get with or he's the guy that I wanted them to get with the 26th pick before they traded it for Christian Wood. Um, now Brown ended up going 21 to the nuggets. So, um, which was really good for my yeah, well being. Yeah. He's not there for um, them to pass on. Right. If he would have went like 28th, I think I would have been a little more upset about the Christian Wood trade, knowing that we could have gotten Brown with the 26th pick, but we weren't ever going to trade up from 26 to 21 and yada, yada, yada. Didn't end up mattering. Um, but Brown is the guy that I really wanted. Um, after that kind of 26 pick him back. Um, I really like Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky. He um, he's a guy that I think he went 28th or 29th and he fell a lot further than people were expecting, um, you know, kind of around like the February time of year when mock drafts kind of started to, tumble out he was i mean a lot of people had him going in the 10 to 14 range um and he ended up falling to one of the last couple picks in the first round um i really like ty ty washington similar ish to Jaden hardy just in the terms of him being a talented guard a little on the shorter side i think he's six three but he also has a long wingspan um high upside um another guy um that i wrote about is caleb Houston and I think he went 32nd um he, was, he ended up with Houston he ended up with um uh um was it the magic and and Palman Paolo yeah I, th- I think he did end up with the magic there was a lot of trades around that area that now I've kind of blurred out in my mind but sure. um Houston is Houston is actually similar to Hardy in a sense that Houston was um a top 10 guy out of high school too um, and he just played one year at Michigan. Michigan was disappointing this season. Um, so he didn't really shine as much. But Michigan is another, or sorry, Houston is another top 10 guy from high school that ended up falling to the second round of the draft, similar to Hardy. Um, so I liked Houston. Um, really the one that had my interest most peaked um, was Trevor Keels from Duke. And I was interested in it before the rumor. And then the rumor came out that the Mavs were potentially looking into trading into the late first, early second with a, with Trevor Keels as a target, if he was yeah. still available. Um, so I was kind of waiting around at that beginning of the second round. I was waiting for a notification. I said like the Mavericks have traded, you know, into pick 33 and taken Trevor Keels. I still kind of think they would have. If, well, you want to know what I think? Just to, and that this yeah. thought has come to me since we're talking. They had yep. intentions of trading into that thirty seventh pick to get Keels. Only Hardy was there. I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah, because Keels went. Right. Keels went. I think forty two to the Knicks, which. Mm-hmm. You know, there's again the Brunson of it all just kind of overhangs with all this, where you're wondering how much the Mavericks are thinking about guards to you know, absorb a little bit if, if Brunson were to happen to move on. And it's just very interesting that they ended up with Hardy and that they were targeting Keels, who also ended up with the Knicks. So Keels is an interesting 
really it's 42 is not where i mean i kind of thought he would have you know based on all the stuff i was reading so after you turn in that profile we and the the athletic report came out we kind of thought like 30 to 35 and mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty interesting i'm gonna be curious it's that you know i feel bad for the guy going to new york but you know right you know, i think it's the there, thibs. <laughs> there is there is uh there's some like irony some under some underlying irony in the fact that a lot of Mavs fans felt the doom and gloom of like, if we draft Keels, that means we're yep. preparing for Brunson to leave. And now the Knicks drafting Keels is funny because does that mean that they're now preparing for Brunson not to come there? I don't know. Right. It's just funny how that didn't flip as much that way, but whatever. Um, yeah, I think I think you're 100% right, though. I think they were looking into that 37 spot regardless. They probably had a, a deal with Sacramento that, both teams had kind of come to a semi-agreement on, and then they wanted to wait to see who was there. Um, Keels would have been there, and I think nobody expected Hardy to get there. Um, I mean, like Nico said, Hardy was 19th on their big board, and I think a lot of people expected it to expected expected Hardy to go between the 17 and 30 range. But at that point, you're also working with winning teams who might not want to take a guy who isn't ready yet. So right. it's, 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 I, I'm actually a little surprised that um, the Kings, I think is who we traded with at 37 wouldn't have just wanted Hardy um, because they're, they're a team that could use some high upside talent that isn't going to be right. ready for a few years, but that's beside the point. I'm happy we got him. 100% man. It's, it's, it's interesting. There's, I I love draft, you know, but it's like when you read enough early on about how maybe this draft might not be it with guys like next year's draft seems to be loaded with, uh, you know, there's there's Victor Wimignana, who is Mm -hmm. is probably the best overall. um, uh, What do you want to call it? Like incoming player since Luka Doncic in terms of pedigree and excitement. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everyone ignore everyone ignore the fact that Luka went fifth um and then there's third, third. Uh, yeah third oh well third to yeah third and then traded back to us if that's yes yeah yeah yep, brain, yep. brain fart that's that's just me sitting out here in the heat um <laughs> and then like howard back put out this great story uh and looks like he did a podcast with with uh, scoot henderson who is mm-hmm. another like unbelievable basketball player i love these two dudes just irrationally the thompson twins and it's like we do this every year we get like really excited like Paolo Banchero is pretty freaking good. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they're going to have fun down there in magic. I mean, Chet Holgram is, is an interesting, fascinating player. You know, the, the, the stuff that Detroit's doing, like the draft is just a lot of fun. So it's, you know, I think it's why it's been frustrating for me as a Mavs fan for years and years and years that the Dallas just didn't put any emphasis on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really they don't have any opportunity to put any emphasis on it now. Um, I, I still agree with your earlier take that like, if you essentially consider that they drafted Christian Wood with the 26 pick, I'm pretty pleased with that. I just like younger players. Like I like going to summer league and watching these guys. That's why like, I'm really like, I'm selfishly like very delighted that they traded for Hardy because now it gives us something to watch. Otherwise we were going to have to get mad about the fact that Josh Green wasn't going to go to summer league. I don't know if he is, but it's like, if Josh Green goes to summer league, we're mad that he's at summer league because he should be better than being at summer league. If he doesn't go to summer league, we're going to be mad because he's probably not good enough to skip summer league. (laughs) Like like the basically, that that's pretty much just putting the the idea that he wasn't a good draft pick into 
one thought because that's that's the sign that he just wasn't a good pick. If you can't decide whether you should go to summer league or not and you're going to be mad either way, that means he wasn't a good pick. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you have any other uh, draft-related takes you want to get, get off before I let you go back to your Saturday? I think um, I wanted to just I, – I think one thing that you had just said is interesting because it is fun. Like, I, I don't envy – I don't envy teams like the Magic and, uh, you know, Houston who are sure there's, I mean, it is exciting to draft potential guys that could be your franchise like it was when we got Luca, but you don't, I still don't envy those teams. Obviously I like having the franchise guy, but there is something fun about even when you're a good team, having young, exciting people come up. Like it was fun to watch the Warriors and know that they had Moses Moody and Kaminga on the bench and even though they didn't need them in the finals, it's still fun to have those young draft picks coming up. And like that's what I wish we had a little bit more of. And that's why I'm glad we did end up trading in to get Hardy because I think it would have just it, there's a there's an element that we would have been missing as a fan base if we had traded the pick for Wood and then not gotten anybody in the draft. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because and that's there's a sense of expectation that was taken away with no longer having that pick. Cause I would have put a lot of expectation on that 26 pick, whether it's fair or not, but that's mm-hmm. where it just this, this whole team building conversation for what Dallas has done the last several years, it comes into sharp focus because as we head into free agency, the Mavericks are, are like, when you get a superstar, you have a narrow path to success that grows more mm-hmm. narrow with each year because the superstar can in theory, get sick of it and demand a trade. That's neither here nor there for this discussion, but it's just like, I don't like, like, free agency drives me crazy. It is not fun. It is all frustration. Draft Mm -hmm. is outward projection and hope and unrealistic stuff, but that's ultimately harmless. And it's like, right. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, this conversation, I've just, I've enjoyed having it because it's like, you know, Hardy, Hardy might not be a player. That's okay. But right now, we can talk about Hardy might be a player as opposed to having to project forward to looking at, could we get Mo Bamba? as a restricted free <laughs> and it's like we've seen mo bamba mo bamba might be okay one day it's not right now but you know with these draft guys anything is possible and that's that's where like it is just it gives you something as a fan to be excited about and to pay attention to that isn't just especially for the teams that are competing for a title that isn't just okay for from now until the end of next season I will just be hoping that the Mavs win a title and I will be, but it gives you an extra element of something to watch and cheer for. Not does not how does everything impact their chances of winning a title right now. You can think all of that and then still be like, Hey, how's Jaden Hardy doing with the legends? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's well, fun. This, this is, this is great. I think if, uh, you know, so the Mavericks play a weird summer league schedule. So they play like Friday at three, then they don't play until Monday night. And then they play Tuesday night, and then they play on a Thursday. Like, it's a very frustrating schedule for me personally because I kind of made the gamble to buy some tickets to go out and watch. And honestly, Luke, I'm, this is the truth. They still don't have media credential stuff. So, like, I'm probably going to mm-hmm. be buying tickets at this point, which uh, that is what it is. But it's like I wanted to go out there and watch the basketball, and I'll still get to watch some basketball. I just wanted to watch a little bit more Maverick basketball live. So maybe mm-hmm. um, maybe we get together after a couple of those games to overreact to, to uh, Jaden Hardy. Yeah, I'll still be watching them on TV and I'll probably uh, gamble on them online just to fill that void in my heart from not being in Vegas. So 
<laughs> so there you go. This has been great. Everybody come to MassMoneyBall.com. Check out Luke's work and the rest of the stuff that we have up. We've had a shocking amount of things for the kind of little transactionally that's actually happened. Um, our guy, CBA Mavs, kind of wrote uh, the closest thing he could to a Kirk Screed talking about why he thinks the Mavericks need to re-sign Jalen Brunson at all costs, which has prompted, like, like again, because we're at the very end of the show, I have no problem talking about it now. Like, the 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 lack of 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 understanding about what can and can't happen with Jalen Brunson at this point is now in the land of willful ignorance of Mavs fans, which is like, Oh, it'll be fine. We'll go get someone else. And it's like, guys, that not how it works. It's just not how this works. Like, I don't, if you don't want them because you think the Mavericks might be like, like Seth part. Now, my friend said that he thinks like signing Jalen Brunson might be locking them into too tight a course. That's an interesting angle to me, but like replacing because you, it's like, Oh, we'll just go get somebody like guys. We, we, we can't like signing trades are very difficult when you're when you're this close mm-hmm. to, the, to the tax anyways it is what it is uh check back a little later i may do a spotify green room at some point who knows we'll we'll see luke is playing right now um but it's very hard to find a stream and i wasn't able to so all right guys kirk henderson and lucas q we'll talk to you a little later have a great weekend i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.